Hi, you are listening to Extreme Measure Ministries. Today I have with us a lovely lady that I had met in New York City but lives in the UK. She will be sharing her struggles along with all of her victories. This month is March. It is considered International Women's Month. Extreme Measure fights against human trafficking, domestic violence, and sexual assaults, and other related crimes. As I was thinking about International Women's Month, I said to myself, what makes an exceptional woman? And I said to myself, well, I'll start with this. I will ask my guest the same answer. I mean, the same um, question. And my and the woman who I feel it is a woman who gives so much and has been through so much, but is still standing strong. So today I will introduce Vinette, who I interviewed for a magazine. But after learning some of her heroic story, I said everyone needs to hear her story. So Vinette, I'm going to give you the stage now, and I ask you to tell the people your name, your full name, where you're from, and start with that question of an exceptional woman. Hi, Teresa. Thank you very much for this opportunity. It's, uh, well, my name is Lynette Grant. I'm born in Jamaica. Came to England when I was three, many years ago, with my mother, preceded by my father, who came over to set up the house and everything else, you know how it is. And um, since since coming to England, it's been a struggle, I'll be honest with you. But in short, I think what makes a woman exceptional is a woman that, despite what she goes through, keeps getting up. And it's not that we're statistic and we think, well, I'm going to keep getting up for more. We're going to get, get up and push forward. And in my case, I do it because I have three children who have been through a lot of struggles with me and are, I think, exceptional people. And I have seven grandchildren. And I want to make sure that they can see that nothing is insurmountable, that they can get up, they can keep going, no matter what. I mean, obviously, sometimes it's going to be harder than you, you, you hope, but you have to be willing and ready to ask for help. Don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. And as soon as you do that, some door will open and then you'll be able to get back up, brush yourself off. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm just saying this is, this is, my, this is my routine. And unfortunately, it has been a routine for me, but I'm still here and we can all do that. Okay, so when I met you, I talk even more louder. Um, so when I met you, I really, really uh, was impressed in your story. And that's what made me call you all the way from New York City because I said, you know what, I need to do something for International Women's Day. And that was March 8th. But we considered this whole month okay, um, for the women, and I see you as exceptional. I see you as someone who has been through the works, things that you didn't even tell me, 
but that's okay because I hope you're willing to talk a little bit about the different struggles you went through, um, even up to a point of the story that you discussed with me. And I want you just to discuss a little bit of your um, time when you were married. You don't have to go into, you know, the horrible story of it, but explain to, you know, our audience about our um, our little discussion we have a little while ago. Um, because yeah. Extreme Measure fights against uh, domestic violence, I really believe that part of this story will take everyone to greater heights um, in, in their own walk and in their own process and in their own stories. Go ahead. Yes, well, firstly, I've been married twice. And, uh, but my first marriage was to uh, a fellow Jamaican person who had his own struggles. His family had their own struggles. And I think being an immigrant in another country, I think sometimes that puts pressure, added pressures on you. You're, you're, straight away you don't fit in completely and if you're you're usually attracted to someone that's stronger than you and I think my hus ex-husband was attracted to me because I always came across as someone that was happy smiling strong confident even though these are things that people have told me and I've never seen myself in that way especially at that time but he saw that in me, and he saw the family unit that, that he saw that we had, um, and he didn't have that. And I think he, he wanted to reflect that in himself, his own life. And we got together. Unfortunately, he was, it also made him, what, what he saw was strong in me, made him insecure as well. Mm. And I think if you're going to go for somebody and meet somebody that, that is from, um, well, what should I say, from your your country. I'm not saying anything against your own fellow people. What I'm saying is you must meet somebody that is on your level because what mm. happened with us, he looked at me and was, was angry about what he didn't have. And I think he took it out on me. That's what I'm trying to say without okay. going into too many details it's difficult but he did resent some of the things that I was doing um he you know with my fashion I always stro strove to be a designer that's what I wanted to do from a very early age um, my mother was a designer my dad was a tailor so that was going to be my destiny no matter what and he almost took that away from me because he wanted me to understandably because I wanted to please him, as in so many relationships, I, I ended up um, compromising and putting what I wanted to do on the back burner, and then I resumed it years down the line. Yes, and so was he very physical abusively, or was he more mental? Yes, both. It was both, because it's... He, 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 and I'm not making an excuse for him at all. No, I know you're Absolutely not. I know you're not. not. You're trying to share um, your story in a very, um, you know, because some people think that way. physical abuse is not as bad as the emotional abuse. So 
Um, and that's true because when you, you get a, a bruise on your eye or something, that goes away. But that emotional abuse can stick with you for years and takes a long time to shake it off, you know. Um, and I say that because I was abused right. as a child. So. You were. Mm. Well, unfortunately, uh, I, at the time, I didn't realize I was being emotionally abused because the other side took over in my mind. Just, do you know what I mean? I kind of focused on on the physical when it should have really, I should have been thinking, well, you're not supposed to be telling me what to wear and what to do and where to go and who to be, be friends with. I didn't realize at the time that you could be abused um emotionally i mean we're talking uh, i mean i met him in 1973 so everyone is kind of calculating my age now <laughs> but yes uh-oh <laughs> but yeah no i mean that that was a, t- a sign of the times you got married younger you had families younger it was kind of the tradition Whereas now, 2019, women are getting married in their 40s, having babies in their 40s. It's a completely different world. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you're, so his, his, did you ever like have him arrested or, or what happened? How did you just get him out of your life? Because Um, a lot of times people have a hard time getting that type of person out of their lives we with you it would be marriage right because you were married to the guy but you know a lot of people just have a hard time getting so what was your experience in and just moving forward and getting out of it in the end i in the end i decided that i was going to get divorced but it was was a difficult thing when you've got three children you know where you're going to go um all the expectations i was the eldest daughter um, you know, what would your family say? You know, all the things that absolutely don't make a difference because you're you're the one that's living that life, no one else. And it should be your decision. And, you know, though he wasn't abusive to the children, I knew that if anything should, should befall me, it would, it would affect the children, you know. So you have to make that decision. It, it, it does take... I would say it takes years, I'd say at least Hmm. 10 times or six times at least before you leave and come back. Because it's like a yo-yo effect. You go, oh, it's not so bad, you know, rose-tinted glasses. Then you come back and you think, well, now I remember why I left. And then, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that Mm -hmm. kind of situation. In the end, um, I did get a restraining order. um, But... What I ended up doing is leaving um, and go, we went to a refuge. And okay. to be honest, it was the best thing we could have done at the time. I didn't want to put pressure on anyone else, putting us up in their homes, you know, because for fear that problems would arise for them. Right. So, yes, we went. And I tell you what, no one knew. The pride, the prides kicked in very, very well. No one knew where we were um, because we were dressed from head to toe. I made sure that we looked. It, it was a front, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, because you, you don't want to believe this is happening. So, And you don't want the kids to suffer too much. 
at the time, my children were all on a modelling agency, and I still used to take them for, for jobs up West End. It was hilarious. I mean, they wouldn't believe what we were going through. We'd, we'd turn up, and the kids would, would shake the producer's hands, and they'd get the jobs. It's, it, it's incredible. It's as if God was saying, yes, you've, you, you're going through this, but I'm going to give you this. Hmm. to make you realize that you're not walking alone because i i mean it, i just felt great to think that i could give them some normality because i wanted to shoulder the blame myself because i'm the adult wow that's powerful that's uh it, what made you finally after all the abuse that you did what made you what what was it that one moment that just made you go boom i got to get out of here you want to share well, that, I or I just realised that nothing was going to change. Okay. It's that light bulb moment when you think, when you look in their eyes and you think, well, you know, I've survived this long, <laughs> but right. how much longer will I survive? Yeah. And what's going to happen to my children? Everything I do, I always think. I think if I was living on my own, maybe it'd be a different story. I'd be telling you now, but because I have my kids who are. They're like my backbone. I try and be theirs as much as I can, but they really are my my rocks. And um, it has to be, if you're in a relationship like that and you've got children, don't second guess anything. Just go. They're not going to change. Right. They're not going to change. I mean, now, I think I was mentioning earlier on, he's changed because I've moved on. <laughs> Like you said, he thinks he's Jesus now. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Does that upset you a little bit sometimes? Like you just get like, uh, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for an apology. but. Um, oh, well, then he ain't Jesus yet until that apology comes through. Okay, because he, he doesn't agree <sighs> with you. That's the problem. Um I, I, I have some, a similar story, and I was on a uh, radio station just recently, and I was discussing the same thing and what I went through, and even as an adult, and I said the same thing. And another person was there. There was three girls, three women, I mean, and three women and the one on the radio all said the same thing. It was something about their children. It, you know, mine yes, was horrific. Always. Mine was horrific. When I tell people mine, they're like, oh. <gasps> and I'm just like, yes, but you know what? That's what woke me up. And when, you know, that's the scary part about it. It's like I wouldn't wake up until I had to really wake up. You know what I mean? It, some people need to be slapped in the head a little bit harder than others, I guess. And, and, it, and it, it destroys a child's life. And I'm not going to lie to you, my daughter's life was destroyed because of what had happened. But, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, we all go through our process. And, you know, again, it's about what you just said about, you know, what happens afterwards. You can't bring back the past. You can't change the past. You can't make it better. So what do you do? You stand strong. You put your head up high and you keep on walking. And go to the next yeah. challenge, which is where because I'm you going. Have a reason. Yeah. Right. We all have a reason why we're here. And that's what I've realized. And 
I was explaining to you that when I met you um, at the fashion show, at Vogue fashion show, um, that it was the second show that I had done since I was um, since I was hospitalised. I was I'm, well. I'm still recovering from a stroke, um, which of course strokes is brought on by stress, which is unnecessary. We don't need because usually it's other people's stresses we're taking on. Right. Why on earth do we do it? Well, why I did it is because I think everyone had this expectation of me. Vinette's um, a superwoman, she does it all, you know, it actually isn't true, we just try a bit harder, but I think because they don't want to do what we do, mm-hmm. they put the onus on us to do it, I'm not going to call anyone's names, but I know a few of my friends that are like that, they want me to do it because they don't have the strength maybe, the stamina, I don't know. What, what their, their reasoning is, but they, they, they have great expectations of me, which of course is flattering in one way, but then it's pressure on the other in the other way because you're thinking, well, I, I can't let people down. I've got to do it all. <laughs> so, right. yeah, so I had a stroke um, in 2017. Um, I was a foster carer at the time, and it was it's not the children, it's it's everything around the children. You're trying to do so much. You're trying to be um, their new family member. You know, you'll never be their parent, but you're going to try and be as much as you can. And my children and my whole family were were very inclusive in that. Um, But apart from that, then I, I, I was in hospital. I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair. And it was it was quite a time because I thought, oh, my God. Is this it? I've, I haven't had a chance to do X, Y, Z. I'm still laying there, um, almost unconscious. I could hear what was going on around me. Um, and I heard a doctor say that she's had a stroke to my daughter. And I'm still there thinking, but I haven't done this. I haven't done this. Well, I had to laugh I, when I think back, really. Um, but my main thing for getting up again was that I've got, my grandchildren and there was one that was due to be born in two months from when I had the stroke and so the youngest and the eldest two grandchildren who were in their teens I don't don't know if you know what's going on in England with the teenage problem we have over here but I'm I'm a worrier you know and I just worry the whole time so I just laid there and what is going on in England before you go go any further Oh, we'll go back to you laying there. But what's going on? All the teen, uh, there's a lot of teenage stabbings, and and we, you know, everyone's trying to figure it out. But it's um, oh, they're just going I around believe. stabbing people. Yes, there's a lot of gang problems, and it's 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 a problem. It really is a worry because. Mothers are losing their children, you know, it's, it's oh, not okay. just boys, it's girls now. Oh, no. Very sad. So, you know, when you think, well, where do you go? It's happening all over, unfortunately. And not not all the kids, because obviously there's kids that that are law-abiding. You know, there's a lot of, of, of good kids that are striving for better. 
but then there just there's a few that will let you down you know right hmm. okay so, so you're laying back in the bed me. you're laying in the bed <laughs> yeah I, I was in intensive care and I just thought please God let me just live long enough to see see them through the worst you know and and see my my newest grandchild be born I'm so glad to say that my my um, newest grandchild is is a year a year and a couple of months now huh. and um you know just a bundle of fun you know and and um, my eldest two they they get getting on getting on well and you know it's i've seen i've seen the goodness come back and it i really wanted that's my main objective getting up out of that bed and, and starting to learn to walk again and luckily i didn't have the stroke that took my creativity away touch wood right. that's the same we have over here i i'm so grateful that i've seen those changes happen with my grandchildren and that i have got still got my creative side i'm able to design again i'm able to use my hands at first i had to have um, all my mobility sorted but i couldn't use my left fingers i couldn't lose my left side and I, i'm just so grateful to still be here <laughs> i have now i have two birthdays i have a birthday on november the 9th when i was first taken in hospital as well as january the 30th which is my born day so oh yes, wow a bit greedy <laughs> It's not greedy. I have two birthdays too. I have one when I accepted Christ in my life. And I know that you've done the same thing. So you have three birthdays. So you're really getting greedy on us. <laughs> but Thank God, yeah. Because our birthday really begins on our salvation day. That's how I see it. Like Because we are born into sin. We don't really know Christ the way we should. And then when we finally get to know him... Then we know, like you said, you have to believe in greater thing than yourself because yeah. yourself will fail you. Everybody else will fail you, but God never does, you know? Yeah. Um, living proof, you know, because I also have um, a bit of survivor's guilt. <laughs> Don't we all? Which, do you really? Yes. Um, I, I was beginning to think, am I going crazy? But no, it's not that. It's the fact that every every other week, a friend of mine is saying that they're going to a funeral. It's someone who's had a stroke. You know, and I'm thinking, wow, I've, I am truly blessed. I had, I had one, and you know, possibly a couple of mini ones. You know, TIAs they call it. Right. But this is the one that hospitalized me, you know, and I'm still here. I'm, I'm, you know, there must be a reason that, that I've been saved. And, you know, I have to find, well, I have found it. I do know I'm going to be raising, doing some fundraising for Stroke, for the Stroke Association. Oh, wow. Um, Good. I'm planning at the moment. My children don't know yet because they would tell me that it's too stressful. <laughs> they hear this they're gonna hear they're gonna understand what I'm doing but it's it's a way of giving back and I think you know I've told a few people what I'm what's happened to me and 
and like I said, they don't expect it to be me, and I don't know why they think it can't happen to me. I'm just flesh and bone like anybody else. But they expect me. They, literally, they say, not Finette. Finette? No, I can't believe she's... As if it can't happen to me. But, you know, so it's made, made quite a few people think again about their food. I mean, I still, I still have my... Um, food intake to to sort out and you know get to grips with my my new regime of eating but it's made a lot of other people re-examine what they're doing with themselves with their health and um you know if i've helped one person i'll be i'll be really happy you know because it happens out of the blue so you have to it's you have to maintain your maintain your body it's like we spend all this money and time on our vehicles, on, you know, things that have no importance. And we don't look after our bodies. And it's only the one we have. And it, it is quite laughable, really, when you think of it. What you'll spend, you know, what you put the best petrol in your car, you won't put the best food in your body. Or you, you, know, you, you spend the most important, you know, what you do, you go and... <laughs> Make clothes and you put spend all that money on the clothes when you should have maybe gotten a massage. Ouch. Absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, I went. To, yes, you're right. <laughs> and I even mentioned that the other day to a friend of mine. I went. We went to Thailand years ago, and um, I, I said I can't believe we went as far as Thailand, where it's renowned for their massage. You know, and I, didn't I get one. Well-being. No. <laughs> Actually, one of my main places I always want, wanted to go, besides Hawaii, which I went three times to Hawaii, is Thailand. And Thailand yeah. is where they have the red light district, unfortunately. Oh, well, no. <laughs> and I want to... <laughs> no, I want to go there because I want to do, like, documentary over there. Um, oh, or a piece see. of it. I see. Yeah, I have this big thing about doing a documentary for um, human trafficking, okay. and um, it's in my heart. And you know, it's funny. I I spoke with a an actor the other day, and the the actor was like the same way. He was like, you know, you should do it. You know, I'll hook you up with a documentary, and you can learn how to you know fundraise to get get the thing out there, and and then travel all over the place. I'm like thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done I think you could do some good work out there, yes, definitely. But we spent we spent one night in Bangkok, because that's the airport, and then we, we went, you know, we travelled around a little bit, ah. and then we got the plane out the following day um, to Phuket. I'd love to have your life for, for a day. I mean, not the part Sorry, that you just you told me about. My life. What? <laughs> What did you say? I'd love to have that part of your life for a day. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this. I feel like I'm really old and I've had so many lives. But did you realize that I was a I was cabin crew before I was... I, I just left cabin crew about five years ago. What is that? I worked for British Airways. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's why. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, who, what? <laughs> oh, okay, so you were like a, you were actually a... Flight attendant. You were a flight attendant. I was just going to say a pilot. 
Now you're a pilot oh, because yeah, you no, pilot no. in life. You, you, you do. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm a pilot of my own life. That's true. Um, no, I, I was, de- I've been designing all my life from at the age of eight, as I explained before. But um, I had had so many occasions where I was getting tired. It's so much work. It's isolating. As as you know, I like to talk. Um, uh, so if when you're working on your own, it's it's. I would have. I wanted to become one of them too. Do you know that? A long time ago, when I was a kid, but they said I wasn't tall enough back then. They were like, "Oh, you're just not tall. You're not that thin. You got to do this." And I believe that's okay. I guess I can't do that. And then I moved into other things. But the fact was, I was like, "What do you mean I'm not tall enough to not be?" You know, I don't know. That was just a that that was back then. Now they let everybody on. Back then. Now they let. Well, every- I just wanted to do it for a year. And I thought, let me go for this interview and try. And I thought, there's no way they're going to want a woman in her 30s at the time and um, who's got three children. It just didn't seem to to add up to me. But um, I I spoke to them and I said, I've got X, Y, Z experience working on the front line with people, you know, being able to solve problems. But I also, at the time, they wanted you to have a language or nursing. And I was never a nurse, apart from nursing the children. But um, I I was, um, I could speak German. Um, I say, ger- I, I have conversational German. Okay. But the last time I learned how to speak, was studying German, was when I was 17 and at school. And by the time I went for my exam to get the, the job, I was... Actually, 42 when I started flying, would you believe? Um, cool. So, British Airways are pretty good at recruiting people, not, not, do you know what I mean? People with experience. Okay. So, I didn't feel, I mean, the rest of them, the people who were on my course were 19 and, and university leavers. Um, none of them had children, it was just me. I did feel a little bit out of it at the t- at time when I was training, uh-huh. but um, once you're online and you're in the cabin and you're working with people with different ailments, you've got to go and sort out uh, a mother with children, and you've got, you know, there's lots of different scenarios that need real maturity right. to get through the, the, the flight. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's why... Um, it's not that I'm name dropping all the places I have been all over the place. <laughs> no, it's 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 when I'm talking about different places I've been to, and I can see the person I'm talking to his mouths dropping, and I'm thinking, what have I said? You know, but what you've said is what everybody wants. <laughs> that's why everybody's going like, really? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and then everybody's like, the, that's been just home alone and they have no money to do anything. <laughs> I mean, I make sure when I, I make sure that I've, when I won my case, I won, won a big case because of my back problem. I made sure that I did something <laughs> that I could say and brag about. And believe it or not, the three places I've been, people are like, wow, wow, that's cool. That's neat. But I did a lot with ministry. So I have a lot of stories. 
you know what I mean? So everybody's like, wow, and wow, and I'm like, yeah, but that was just a part of my life. Now it's, well, now I could go to Jersey sometimes. No, but now I could just say, well, I've gone to Jersey, New Jersey. I live in New York. <laughs> wow, that's a wow. So, you know, it's all good. Of course it is, yes. But I met you, so that means maybe one day I can come to the UK. Well, there you go. You've always got someone that you can can hook up with. And exactly. Up with, I can you know, stay at your house for a night or two nights or a week or do what I did in Hawaii. I spent three months <laughs> with a lady oh that I really, you know, connected with. That it works. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah, that was I've exciting. I've never been to Hawaii, so that's one thing I've got yet to do. Okay. <laughs> well, when you're ready to go, I'll hook you up with the beautiful pastor that I know. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a couple of places I've still yet to go to. Yeah. I want to go to, I, I don't tell me you already so. went to, um, uh, let me think. Uh, where the pyramids are. Where, where is that? Oh, what, Egypt? Yeah, don't tell me you went to Egypt. <laughs> I'll be mad at I you. I was. <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no. I was going to go, but you know, it was when when we decided to go, it was when there was problems out there. And one said, no, look, you're not going. You're going to stay in the UK. There was what? It's too dangerous. Oh no, that was what my father said too. My father said, "Oh, Teresa, you go there, you dying." I said, "I'm dying." I'm like, "Come on, Dad." He goes, "No, no." He goes, "You're gonna get a terrorist attack, and that's what. That's how you're going. So if you want to go to Europe, that's on you." I'm like, "Ah, okay." Horrible, horrible. No, no, no. I can honestly say it was just the timing that was wrong because I've got two sons and a daughter. Then my daughter you met, and my two sons have taken their partners to Egypt, and they both had a fantastic time. Oh, wow. So we could be jealous of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk a little bit about um, your spiritual journey through all this um, and how you would let others know that you can make it through the day, the week, the month, if you really, really have faith, okay? You don't have to say what well, I just said, but, you know, no, your own words. I mean, the, the, per, on a personal level, every day I wake up, I remember when my mom was ill, I've lost my parents both to cancer, and one of the times when I was at the hospital and my mum woke up and she said, oh, it's a beautiful day I've come to meet. And I've never forgotten that saying because I thought she was grateful for every day because she knew that it was her last. Her, 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 you know, her time was coming. And I'm not saying that I know my time is coming. No, none of us know when our time is coming. No. So each day is a blessing. So each day you've got to appreciate that you see the sun coming through your room and, and and you can feel the sun you can you 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 know there's there's something in the world that's there for you every day that you can learn from you can absorb you know i i i i am um, i will be eternally grateful and I don't, if i hadn't gone down so far with my health 
I wonder if I would be doing so many things now is because I feel God is pushing me and saying to me, look, I didn't just um, keep you here on earth for you to sit and smile and you're going to work. <laughs> right. So I really feel, and a lot of people are coming to me and saying, can you, can you please um, help my my sister, my aunt, or whoever, who's had who've had a stroke, and they want to know that there's life after stroke. Right. You know, and it's a difficult one. I mean, I I will go and I will encourage, and I will help and I will support. Just by me turning up to see them is support enough because they can see. That I'm physically, you wouldn't look at me really, and and see that I've had a stroke. No, no, so actually, I didn't even uh, I, the way you worked, the way you moved around uh, at that place. I kind of was like, okay, she's she just you you bamboo, you know. You I don't know how the words I want to use because <laughs> there is no words when you when you. It's like me when people see me. I was in a wheelchair a year ago, couldn't walk. My knees yeah, were locked up. Uh, if you see me today, my knees still lock up, but I'm able to learn how to handle the lock up before it locks yeah. up. Um, yeah. And nobody would know unless yeah. I'm getting up from a seat or unless I'm ready to exactly. get up and walk a little bit. That's then they might be like, about. something's wrong with her. But, but they wouldn't know yeah. once I started to make the movement, the move. If I'm moving, you don't you know. know. Therese, you know why, don't you? I think we're similar. We're stubborn and we're proud. And I think <laughs> if you, <laughs> I think I don't want people to look at me and feel sorry for me. No, I don't want I've that heard either. People, you know, one does. You know, you know it was I weird with me that. though when I got in that wheelchair. Somebody on the street said to me, you look too comfortable. And I had one of the, I have a wheeler, you know, like where you have to wheel yourself, right? They're like, you're looking too comfortable. You're looking like you know how to do this now. And then that's where you're going to stay. And when I went home and the first thing I did is look at that, look at where I was sitting. And I said, oh, H to the no, no, no. I'm getting up. I am not going to look like... I'm being too comfortable in this thing because it never was. But the fact was, is I was accepting what what was going yes. on with me. But it didn't mean that I wanted to be there. No, I understand. Well, I had a Zimmer frame. I'm, I'm actually looking around my room. I'm alone in my room. And I'm embarrassed saying that I had a Zimmer frame. And I, I couldn't walk straight. I kept walking to the left because that was the side that was affected. Okay. And I graduated from the, the Zimmer frame to a walking stick, and it just was too difficult. And I thought, this doesn't fit with who I am. This is not how I want the rest of my life to be. And one day, um, by this point, I'd left King's College Hospital in London to go to from the intensive care and the normal unit and to a um, rehab hospital that helped me to walk and help my mobility and everything. So, I mean, I must thank 
the physios there. I mean, they were brilliant. They were very hard on me because they could see that I had more to, to give. I had more fight in me. And, um, you know, I was in the, the day room one day and I saw the physio walking past with my Zimmer frame wrapped around his, you know, he hitched it onto his, the back of his neck. And I thought, and I could hear myself saying, bring my Zimmer frame back to my bed. And I'm thinking, did I just say, bring my Zimmer frame back to my bed? That is absolutely ridiculous. Not the words I would ever expect to say. Uh, it, because I was wanting to rely on it. And then one day my children, I was given day release and my children came up and I was only allowed to go out if I was in a wheelchair and pushed by my, my children. So my grandson that you met, um, who's now 18, he, he started pushing me and then he suddenly stopped. I said, oh, are you okay? He said, Nani, this isn't right. It doesn't feel right pushing you in a wheelchair. You've got to fight. And I thought, wow, that is not what I want for them. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see me trying. And it, it really did help me. And when I got back from the restaurant that day, I didn't want to see the Zim frame. And I just I just went physio more than I thought I would. You know, I was doing a lot more. So it just takes, it just takes a little push um, so you feel when you went other, to, you know, until, sorry. I, I was going to say when you went to New York City, then that must have been a big thing for you. Like you, you probably wasn't traveling before that, were you? Oh, I I did an international fashion week in Dubai, um, oh. in October, and then I did um I took part in um Junior Vipens um uh, Vogue fashion runway but the only way I was able to do that was by having my daughter come with me because and she's she's always done all you know she's always been backstage with me she's fits the models she does everything I, I basically I turn up and I, I make sure you know we, we have a discussion together but she knows what what how how everything should run she knows which model should wear what, you know. And if, if, like I say, if I didn't have her as a chaperone, there's no way I would have, they wouldn't have allowed it anyway. Um, because I'm walking um, a lot better, but I do have to focus on my walking. If I, I had to learn to walk again. And it's amazing simplicity of of of, of just yeah. putting your heel down first I know. and followed by your toe. I know. It's amazing. You understand what I'm saying. Oh, I do because but, I had to do the same thing in a very yes. indirect way. It wasn't as 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 intense as you, but my uh, knee would give out on me, and I'd be like, "What is going on?" Like I had to learn how to walk upstairs. Like, I can't yes, walk yes, upstairs. Yes. I still can't walk upstairs totally. Oh, I mean, and so, yeah, I do get it. It's like, what? I'm like, come on, like, do what you do what. Literally, I, I, I couldn't, I knew that I could step up on the stair, but yes. my leg would not allow me to go down the stair or, or even up the stair without 
I guess, uh, you know, because once you can't yes. walk, what do you do? You always, you kind of like, you know your body can walk, but your body says, no, you can't do that because it's going to lock up or whatever happened to you. Yes. Same thing. It's like, you, it's like using two right and left arms. You know, you have a right arm, you have a left arm. Your right arm's been, you know, in a cast for seven, eight months. And next thing you know, it, you're, you're healthy, but your arm does not want to work anymore. But you know what I've I've realised is the it is the brain. The minute I focus my put my whole concentration of my brain on my feet and walking, I can do it. If I suddenly get up, which I did do in Dubai, completely forgetting that that I have I had the mobility problem, <laughs> I got up to dress one of the models. Right. And I realized that I was, you know, losing my balance. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have to, you have to focus. But that's like any lesson in life. When if you concentrate your focus. It's it so funny. We and you are so much alike in so many ways. I mean, um, I didn't go through a stroke, thank God. But the fact is, is oh, I still God. went through a very traumatic situation where I used to teach aerobics, dance, all that stuff. I know I can't walk now. I'm now when I go to stretch out my or I mean, get up from a sitting position. I cannot just assume that my leg is perfect. Because it's not going to be, it's going to lock on me, and I have to do the same thing. I might not do it exactly the way you do it, but I have to, like, put my leg out straight, you know what I mean? Don't leave my leg down, because if I leave my leg down, it's still not going to straighten out. It's really weird. I don't know what's going on with it, but, you know, it's about yeah. awareness. And once yes. I think once you're aware of things, you, you, you become more in tuned in life, actually. Because yes. now you become more and aware of everything else. And acceptance. I've acceptance, had, I've yeah. had to accept that I've, I'm on a new phase of life. Apart from getting older, forget the age. The age is, is neither here nor there. Because you can be a young person of my age, mentally, and health, bodily, very healthy. But because of what's happened to my my body at this age, that's what's made made the difference. It's not because I'm of a certain age why why I can't do certain things. You see what I mean? It's because of what's happened to me. But I'm I'm trying to push that way back now and and, and just pray that I can keep going every day, you know, developing and I mean I wouldn't be speaking to you now. Um, had it not been for the stroke, because I realised that life is fleeting. Isn't it strange? Mm -hmm. I've had so many opportunities in life, uh, too many to, to talk about on, on here, but so many, and I've been afraid to, to, to be drawn into any of them, because I thought, well, I've got plenty of time, I can do that. Actually, you don't know how long you have. <laughs> Right, you don't. You have to take each day, be grateful, be positive, and and run with it if you can. And I don't mean physically run, you know, metaphorically run with it, um, you know. Um, but okay, so I also believe mm -hmm. that everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Can I, um, I'm going to, going to start to wrap it up, not really wrap it up, wrap it up, but, sure. um, basically I wanted to say a short prayer and I also wanted to, um, share, do you have an actual website that people could get your, or your stuff on or how do they get your, your designs and stuff? You know, a lot of, 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 um, people seem to know me from Instagram, which is at Vinette Grant. Okay. Which is V for Victor I double N E double T E Grant. And, um, you know, you'll scroll down and you can contact me through that. You can see the um, different designs. Um, I've yet to, to, to um, catalog it all, but um, it's a service where it's, it can be bespoke. It's mostly bespoke. Okay. So, you know, yeah. All right. And okay. So, all right. So let me just say a small prayer and then say a couple more words and then we'll end the program. All right. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are the one that gives us the power to keep it moving, Father God. You, Your Holy Spirit, Father God, reminds us, Father God, of who we are, Father God, and you, Father God. And I pray for Vinette and myself, Father God, that you will continue to touch our health, Father God. We ask that we, we both believe the same way, Father God, that you will be the healer and the divine healer, Father God. So if there's anybody out there right now um, that needs a healing in their body, Father God, we pray, Father God, that they would touch the hem of your robe, Father God, and believe by the, by your blood that they are healed, Father God. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, for today. We thank you that you are the great I am, and you are the King of Kings, and you are the Lord of Lords. And Lord, I just pray that if it is anybody that needs to know who you are, Father God, that they would reach out, Father God, to either one of us, Father God. You could find me on extreme measure. But Father God, most of all, Father God, let them reach out to you. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray. Amen and amen. So amen. Um, you can meet, reach me on extreme measure with an X, T-R-E-M-E. M-E-A-S-U-R-E. -E. If you just Google that or go into Facebook, you'll see me all over the place. Instagram, the same thing. All of that is all in the same uh, thing. You can email me or you can, um, I prefer more of a Facebook email uh, through one of my groups. So you would have to add, add your name to my group and join in. Um, and I wanted just to share um, this little statement that came to me. The most powerful story we can tell is our God story. So what is our God story? A story is when, you, when you're still in the process and the story in which you have been saved and the moment you realize that God is really all, you're all and all and your only way out. So I want to share, I want to just say, you know, I, I, commend you for coming on, Vinette, uh, oh, telling you your God story, because your God story is powerful, and your God story is a, a story that everybody needs to hear. Don't, don't no longer keep whatever that story is quiet, because this was your day to be able to reach out to so many people, but 
Don't let it stop here. I hope it helps. Let it, let it go on and on and on and on. Anybody that asks you to do a, a thing on domestic violence or if anybody asks you to do a thing on um, your, your situation um, that you had, you know, yes. you do that. And I already know that you're willing to do that, but that other thing needs to be brought out too because there are so many women out there that are just hurting and they don't know what to do. They're married. They're caught up in a situation. And you have a lot to say. Why? Because you've been delivered. And you've been saved. Yes. And you have been, you know, and you know how. And it's there's nothing to be ashamed of. Because, you know what, at the end of the day, it happened. Whatever. You move forward yeah. from it. You keep it moving. You keep it walking. And you know what? And if anybody was to say anything horrible, you just say, you know what? You wouldn't have enough guts to even get there to say what, what need to be done. So I commend you on this story that you gave us. I thank you for just doing the call. I mean, I literally called her up and said, can you do it in two hours? And the reason why I did that was because I started to need to literally get my stories together so I could start putting it on the radio program as well. Um, this is something I'm walking by faith in, so I'm hoping so many people will just listen and be blessed by the stories that people are coming out with. Um, and I thank you very much. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say to end this? No, just to, to, sorry, I didn't get that last bit. Would you like to I'd say like to anything say. to just end this, you know, um, program? Really? I would, I'd just like to, to thank you, first of all, for, for allowing me to, um, free myself of the burden of holding things in, 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 just in New York. You helped me because, uh, as you saw, we literally were sitting there crying. <laughs> and you made a whole bunch of other that people cry, too. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the designers left their interview and came and gave me a great big hug. I've never forgotten it. The situation, it was almost as if I was freed of feeling numb from the whole situation. You know, I've never really spoken about it before there must be something in you Teresa that brought it out in me mm -hmm. you made me feel at ease to come to bring it out in the open I thank you for that you're welcome and I hope that your listeners will will get something from my rambling I mean I do talk a lot you know I'm no, no, we, we need to ramble. Luckily, I didn't lose my, my skill. See, the thing is, is you didn't ramble because you said all important things. Some things, you know, we we went off a little script, but you know what? We're not on a script, so we don't care. I don't care. That's the way I like to do interviews anyway. It's like if you can do an interview where you're actually talking, of course, the person's going to spill out everything. So that's that's good. So I... Good luck and good health. Thank you. To everyone. And, uh, and blessings to everyone. And, and, you know, just have faith and, and um, make sure you, you focus. Make sure you know what you want out of life and, and try not to steer off that path because health-wise, things will come and knock you 
left and right, but you've got to keep get up and keep going forward because that's life. Right. You know, we've been given life, so we've got to we've got to embrace it, whatever comes. Right. So we're gonna help. So we're gonna leave that just like that right there. I don't want to thank everyone for coming. I thank you again for Vinette for just answering the call of God on your life. And I just hope everybody begins to speak on how Extreme Measure has helped your life and your day. In Jesus' name, thank you again.